Hi everyone, welcome to Wildly Becoming. I'm your host, Rachel Bain. Our stories hold the power to help others overcome. Join us each week to hear incredible real life stories from our guests. We are wildly becoming who God created us to be. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey, Wildly Becoming fam. Thanks for joining us today. I am here in the studio with the Blink Queen, the one and only. Oh, Jill Glosser, and I am with the one and only. Rachel Bain, and we are Wildly Becoming. Thank you for being here today. Our sponsor for today is the Sunshine Book Club. The Sunshine Book Club exists to promote reading and kindness. If you know a student or a child in need of a book, please reach out to the Sunshine Book Club. Today's episode, I'm a little bit scared, to be quite honest. Skirt. (laughs) We said we didn't know if we were titling this What's Under Your Bed or Myths and Legends. I'm not sure. (laughs) Myth versus God's Word. Yeah, myth versus God's Word. I'll start with what got us talking about this is I was listening to a sermon this morning. And the pastor was preaching saying his family was super Pentecostal growing up and He was laughing about how his family was all about God's word, which that's not a laughing matter. That's great. But the funny thing was he's like telling the joke, you know, if I even had a bad dream, my mama came running in and put a Bible under my pillow. And then Jill and I started kind of like, you know, the prayer cloth, right? Like we put so much power in like a cloth that people prayed over. But I'm like, uh... The prayer cloth being under the bed. Was that what started Yeah, because somebody else was like telling me, you need to put a prayer cloth under your bed. I'm like... Listen, bro. So what's under your bed? They, they're going to need more than a cloth. Like it's going to take. So we just got talking in all seriousness about, honestly, a lot of things that people believe that are not biblical. Jill has an entire list over there. Jill, I have a list that I wrote in the car on the way here. And my handwriting, for those that know me, is totally atrocious. So bear with me. I'm going to decipher what I've written. One is... God doesn't give you more than what you can handle. Let's debunk that one. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's not in scripture. I mean, I just like go nuts when people post that meme that say, God saves his biggest battles, the strongest warriors or something, something. That's God gives the biggest battles to the strongest warriors. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? And, and it's like, (laughs) first of all, God doesn't need us. He wants us. Mm -hmm. He wants to have relationship with us. And while we do go through battles in life, God isn't sitting up there looking down like, oh, that one's so strong. I'm going to give them this giant battle. Like that's not how our loving father operates. And the reason you hear people say God won't give you more than you can handle, that's a very misinterpreted, misunderstood scripture that we hear a lot that kind of goes with the whole giving the toughest soldiers, blah, blah, blah. You know, Um, it's coming from a passage from Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10. I guess you could read that verse and then just, you know, walk away with that meaning. But if you look at it a little closer, you'll see it different. So we're not going to break that down. We want you to break it down. Go back and read 1 Corinthians 10, 13, because we want to encourage you to get in God's word. We want to encourage you to seek the truth and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the truth. But if you look deeper at the context, what Paul was really reminding the Corinthians, it's like they were exposed to miracle after miracle, and yet they were still living in sin. So 
you have to look at what's really going on in scripture and the history at the time and ancient culture. So what's the next one, Jill? What's your testimony? (laughs) (laughs) I'm praying that I have a testimony. I'm praying that God gives me a testimony. What? (laughs) If you're praying that God gives you a testimony, you should thank God. Right. But in all seriousness, jokes aside, this actually is is sad because I was in a Bible study with a woman and she got teary eyed. Like we had to share our stories and my story has 50 layers and is so ugly. And it's like, she's like, well, I I feel like I don't really have a story. I met my husband in college and we married and we have kids and I've never really been through much. And I was like, I bet there's something there. There's always something. Yeah. There's really always something to unpack eternally. But like how sad Mm -hmm. that she was, undervaluing herself and God's story because we think that, you know, these plus non-believers don't even understand the word testimony. They resonate more with story, but you know, you've got people out there that think that unless they've like murdered someone, they, or they've done some horrific act, they don't have a story or something bad has happened to them. Right. They don't have a story. Right. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Sometimes your story might be overcoming the biggest internal mental battle that you have that no one else knows about. Right. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. What else do you have over there, Jilly Jill? Um, let's see. I'm saving that one for last. <laughs> if you're not baptized, you don't go to heaven. Oof. Why do I feel like this episode is going to get me in get so trouble. much trouble? So baptism is an outward profession of our faith, right? It's an mm-hmm. act of obedience. We're telling the whole world we're going all the way with Christ. We have a relationship with him. There are, I'm trying to tiptoe around this right now, (laughs) denominations out there that teach people if you're not baptized as an infant, you won't go to heaven. And I won't name that denomination. But I want you to tell me if you're listening today, if you really think that's biblically true. It's not. But you get in God's word. Like we want to encourage you really to get in God's word and have yeah, your own so, so personal relationship it, kind of, yeah. with Christ. So, so you look up the scriptures on baptism mm-hmm. and see what resonates with you. But a lot of these things that we're talking about today, these are man, human made things. They're not even biblical principles right, or right. biblically accurate. They're human made. So we're wanting to debunk what's the truth of God's word. What is what God's our humanness word actually says. Yeah. Yes. So only pastors can baptize. Oh boy. <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> I feel like I wish we would have reversed roles for this episode <laughs> and she had to answer all oh, no. the hard questions. So if you go back and read the Great Commission, Jesus told us all to go out and make disciples and baptize. So recently I had a woman reach out to me that was like, my friend is in the hospital dying. Can I baptize her? Or does it have to be a pastor only? It's a great question. I can understand why people think this. For years and years, we have elevated pastors to this high position that they're the only ones that can do anything. And I'm not minimizing the role of a pastor because it's huge and so important. And I was and is and am a pastor, but you know, I don't do titles. I'm just who I am, who God says I am. But anyways, you can baptize people. And I don't think that means like a free for all, but if your heart and motive, you know, it's always a check your motive thing too. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You know, but if this woman is in the hospital and she wants to be baptized because she is on her deathbed, 
why would we not just do it? Right. You know what? And I can understand and appreciate the thought behind. Mm -hmm. I love people's heart wanting to be obedient, you know, to God's word. And they honestly just don't know. And so we're not making fun of that at all. No. We want to encourage you to know the truth so that you can walk in it. Right. And if you're put in that situation, you know, I had someone tell me one time that actually, yeah, on our Wildly Becoming page, she, she said, somebody told me I wasn't really baptized because I wasn't fully immersed in water. I was only sprinkled. I'm like, you know, the tit for tat stuff that we spend hours arguing with people about and people are still dying and going to hell. You know, there's still people out there that are being abused and don't think that God loves them or will forgive them. So I think a shift in focus is also important. And I am never going to go against God's word, like intentionally or, you know, anything like that. So I'm not, I don't want anyone listening today to misunderstand me. Right. Only do communion at church. That was another one. Yeah. Okay, so Jill said, can you only take communion at church or people think that you only can take communion at church? Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, no offense to some of them denominations, but I'm not drinking after oh, y'all. <laughs> I am not touching my lips to the same cu- I am the biggest germ freak in the world. There. I was raised Episcopalian, so I'm going in. <laughs> she drinks the wine from the same cup. Y'all nasty. <laughs> just kidding. Don't hate me. I'm just teasing, but I'm serious. I ain't touching your cup. Listen, you can wipe it with the cloth, whatever. It ain't happening. But by the way, I wouldn't be allowed to anyways because I'm not their denomination. So the beautiful, well, I mean, at Catholic yeah. churches, you can't. Right. Episcopalian's different. Yeah. So the beautiful thing about communion is doing it in remembrance of what Christ has done for us. Right. And so for me, I had to learn that, hey, I can actually do this in my private prayer time. I can do this in my home. I can do this with my the Skaldall's Bible study group when we're in my living room. And it's a beautiful, intimate moment because it's really all about remembering Christ. So it's not like a one-time only event. It's not something we have to put in a box that can only be done within the church walls. I think it's always a good day and a good time to remember Christ and the sacrifice that he made for us when he took our sin and our shame upon the cross. Oh, I'm scared to ask her what's next. I could camp out there for a while, but I do encourage you do communion with your family or a friend or even by yourself. I love doing it by myself, even in my prayer closet. Another question is how often can you do communion or is there a set time? So that's an individual presence. We have a friend that really enjoys doing communion with her husband every single day if they can do it. Why not? Right. Do you want to come into communion with Christ? You don't have to be legalistic about it though, right? And have rules and regulations. Right. But it's something that's important to do because you're connecting with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And And that's important to them. Then why not? And that's a really big deal. Beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It's an honor and it's a privilege. And honestly, most of the churches I've been to, they've almost minimized it lately, Mm -hmm. you know, or they just, the grab and go. I don't know. I, I better stop. But <laughs> <laughs> grab and go communion. First of all, we don't need fast food communion in a fast food nation. Why do I feel like it's getting me in trouble? She's all sassy and stuff. Because I haven't preached in a while. All righty. So the other one is mental illness. They must be demon possessed. Oh, Jesus of Nazareth. Fix, fix it. it. 
So on a serious note, we do understand Jill and I were chatting, you know, in ancient culture, this is why it's so important to study history because you get a deeper understanding and an accurate knowledge of what the scripture is telling you. In ancient culture, heck, even now in today's culture, we're still learning so much about mental illness and all the different types and things like that. So back in the day, there was that stigma that a lot of those types of people were either witches, which I mean, we talk about all the witches burned at the stake, right? Mm -hmm. Or mentally ill. You know, the demon possessed people were mentally ill and they were just treated horrible. And so not every person that is like, I am sure there are a lot of demon possessed people in our world. I know. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, we've experienced it. But to have such a broad statement that someone is demon possessed because they're mentally ill or you're depressed and you must don't have enough faith and all those types of things that we... Yeah, yeah, that one really burns Jill that, up. Yes, I ha- I a heard somebody that was a pastor, and I used, yeah. I'm going to be nice. Um, we give grace because we've all made mistakes. Yes, he said, well, if you're depressed, you're not doing it right. And I just thought, really? I mean, you don't know what true depression is then, because... Who really wants to be depressed? Right. And if anything, I can visualize Jesus laying down beside somebody that's depressed. Yeah, you he, know, he's with being us in there. every yes. season. Yeah. And you can't get up to brush your hair. Well, maybe Jesus is just stroking your little head. I'm doing it wrong. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. What else do we have on that list? I think we should have done rapid fire questions with Rach was much safer. Well, no, because Kendrick had some crazy questions. Oh, okay. You ready for this? No, I'm not ready if she says it like that. The importance of Mary of Magdalene. Oh, the importance of Mary Magdalene? Yes. Women in the Bible. Oh, here we go. Hey, I'm saying. First, let me give <laughs> a statement. <laughs> we don't do man hating stuff here. We are just wanting to raise an awareness mm-hmm. about the importance of women. And all throughout the Bible, we learn how important women were to God in his plan yes. for humanity. And how important women were to Jesus during his earthly ministry. They supported him. They ministered to him. They went with him. And Jill, who was the first person to see the risen Lord? Little Mary. (laughs) (laughs) What did you tell me about Mary driving up here? (gasps) That she was the first person. Well, you just said it to see. And what did she do after she saw Jesus? Oh, then that's right. Then she became one of his disciples. And women were not mentioned you know back then at all hardly at all the fact that she's even mentioned in the bible is huge it says just how of an impact she must have had the fact that her name is even written yeah in the word because women weren't really written about but she's one of them and the importance is she's the first to see so there is a huge Huge impact there. Yeah, let me take that a little bit farther because I love talking about this. <laughs> if you could see me right now, you'd be laughing. She's out for skin. <laughs> so you've got Deborah, and she was the one and only female judge. So the men, let me tell you, Deborah was a prophetess. And not only that, but she was so bad to the bone that guys wouldn't even go to battle without her. Right. And she's like, come on, guys, 
get it together. So I love some Deborah. And then I love mm -hmm. Abigail because she was married to Nabal, who was called a drunken fool in the Bible. And Nabal almost got his entire family killed because he did not show hospitality to David and David's soldiers. So here comes Abigail, this bold, brave, and courageous woman. And she rides out to stop David basically from coming to kill her whole family, <laughs> which it's so cool because like David ends up taking her as a wife. And that's a whole other story. Nabal died because he was a drunken fool and that's a whole other thing. But you've got these women who were strong and bold and brave and courageous. And we look at that and may not think much of it, but in that time period was massive. Just like Esther, she saved an entire race of people and she went before the king. And back then you did not go before the king right. unless you were called on because that could mean death yep. if he did not accept her. So, um, and Rahab. Oh yeah. Rahab, uh -huh. the prostitute who helped God's people. And so I hope this encourages you. If you're listening today, God uses all of us in mighty and unique ways. And in spite of ourselves, right. in spite of our mistakes, he doesn't want us to stay there. He wants to transform us and, you know, sanctify us into his image. But it's pretty cool when you really learn and study about the people in the Bible. But the reason I get fired up about the women is because over the years, so many people have told me that women cannot teach and preach. And I don't even have enough time on the podcast to camp out there. <laughs> I've had men walk up, stand up and walk out when I went to the pulpit. And I learned right away in my first year of preaching, wave goodbye because the show goes on and I'm not going to stop because God gave me this voice to use for his glory. And God's not limited by what sex I am, a female. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jill, what else is on one. our list before I get in uh, deeper? I think we burned that. <laughs> Did we burn the whole, the whole list? list? Um, let's see. Yeah. So how about greasy grace? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Greasy grace. I don't know, Jill, you tell me. Oh, nice, nice move there. Nice move. Well, how about those people that like to, I mean, I've done it myself. So, you know, oh, it's okay. I'll just ask forgiveness for later. I'm going to go out here and do what I want. And I'm God's going to forgive me. You mean like, people who use grace as the green flag to do whatever they want and live however they want? Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. It's well, not a nice place to be. Yeah. And God's grace is sufficient for us, but we can take that for granted and we can abuse it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know what? It comes back to bite you in the butt because you, yeah. Well, it you does because you'll be known by your fruit. Right. Yeah. So what fruit is your fruit stinky? <laughs> Do you need to inspect it? You got, are you a bruised <laughs> apple or a shiny red delicious? Uh. Like, Which one is it? <laughs> Lonnie, it's the kind that you're making jam out of and you just spread a hot mess everywhere. <laughs> Regardless, the bottom line to this episode is recently on the Wildly Becoming page, I had posted something asking people, do you have anxiety going to church? And we wanted to just kind of like break down the barriers and the walls and debunk a lot of these things that maybe have hurt people over the years, maybe have confused people over the years, maybe has caused you to never want to trust in a pastor or minister again or a Christian or maybe made you not want to go to church. That's the enemy. God still has a plan for your life and your plan is good. And living in isolation and outside of community isn't part of the plan. I think we've, we, a lot of us have been there before mm -hmm. and God didn't call us to live on an Island. So, you know, while we're laughing, 
and, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I think that God gave us laughter and it's, so it's great to laugh. Actually, laughter is such medicine for our souls, but there also is seriousness to this. You know, we want to help you, the listener, because there may have been things that you've been taught over the years. Look, Beth Moore said, if you can't look at yourself and say, I misinterpreted that scripture years ago, or I did this wrong or that wrong. And now I understand differently as I've grown in my faith, in my relationship with Christ then there might be something wrong with you because we don't all know it all and we don't all have it figured out. So maybe you have some questions that you want to run by Jill and I. Hit us up, send us an email, drop us a private message. We would be glad to help you however we can. We love you all. We thank you so much for being here with us today. Jill, thank you for being on this journey. Thank you for having me and thank you for being there with me too. It's so amazing what God is doing, and we are so grateful. Friends, we are praying for you that you experience God in a new way, in a deeper, more profound way, and that you really begin to understand His Word and what it really means to you and how to apply it to your life. And that's why we are here, and our hope and prayer is that we are helping you. We love you all, and as always, stay stay wild. wild. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Rachel Bain Ministries. Send me a message or leave a comment and I'd love to get back to you. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast by clicking the subscribe button. Remember, you are wildly becoming who God created you to be. The Rise FM Podcast Network.